0: Hello everyone, and welcome to episode number 52 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm glad that you're listening. It's time for the semi-final rounds, and it's time to dig into the two games this week. Not that I should bother, as I only tipped one of the four games right this past week. Of course, I got the Cats game wrong, and I got the Bull game, Bulldogs game wrong, and I, uh, well... I also got the Magpies game wrong. The only one I got right was the Richmond and Brisbane game. And that was the one I was the least sure about. Because I thought, you know what? Richmond's the defending champs. Yeah, they were without Tom Lynch, but they're still the defending champs. And, uh, well, I'm taking solace in the fact that two of the games were decided by a total of four points. So, I was close. But, uh... This was really a uh, a subpar performance on my part in terms of my tipping. And again, folks, purely for entertainment purposes, so you have something to laugh at because I'm probably going to be wrong. I'll try to do better this week. So last weekend's games, though, and I concur with what I've read in print, what I've seen on some of the television broadcasts, what I've seen in YouTube videos. This was a dynamic weekend of footy this past weekend. To me, you know, having only followed the game for a little over four years, this was maybe the best first round of finals I've ever seen. I think it might be, probably is. And I'm wondering what all of you think there. Do you think this was the best round of finals you've seen in a long time? I'd love to hear from you and let me know. You can reach me at a at com or at yank underscore on on Twitter. I'd love to know what you think about this. Was this the best round of finals we had two games decided by four points you had two other games that were back and forth for quite some time as well very close games although you know a couple of them they they didn't end up been end up that way they ended up being about a 12 or 15 point difference there and I wanted to take a few minutes rather than really digging into some of the news stories because I'm kind of incorporating those into this as I'm recording this we've uh, we've seen that uh Joe Danaher has uh informed the, uh, the Bombers that he, he hopes to go to play for Brisbane next year. We'll see if they can work out some sort of a deal. So maybe Brisbane ends up having to give up a relatively high pick to get him. That's a pretty formidable front line when you figure you're going to be able to put him and Eric Hipwood and Charlie Cameron and Dane Zorko up there attacking the goal. That's pretty formidable for the Lions. But I want to dive into the games from last week a little bit and talk about those and kind of give you my thoughts on those. And I want to first off start with the Cats and uh, Power game. And of course, being a Cat supporter, I was I was bummed out by the game, by their loss to Port Adelaide. But, you know, the Power played a fantastic game. You can't do anything more than tip your cap to them and say, hey, you know what, you got the best of us. Steven Motlop. you played one hell of a game, young man. I know you took some great satisfaction and knowing that you helped to knock off your former team, the, the club that kind of let you go. You know, the Cats didn't act, didn't actually play terribly. But they seemed to be a step slow compared to the speed that Port put out on the field. Um, they had a hard time finding the goal. If I'm not mistaken, they had 12 behinds. And uh, that's just not going to get it done. And it was one of the most, and I don't, maybe disappointing isn't the right word, maybe bizarre is the right word but it's one of the most bizarre performances I've seen from somebody who had just secured the Coleman medal the week before zero five for the contest. I mean, that was, you know, that was Tom Hawkins line there. No goals, five behinds. And he had the one where he had kind of a real quick snap kick with his left foot, which he doesn't use a whole heck of a lot. And it was this instance where he had time to actually turn around and, and take a set shot. And, uh, and possibly help get the club back into the game. So I, I don't know if that was selfish or just hurried or nervousness or frustration or what it was, but the cats did not kick the ball like they're capable of kicking it. And, you know, Port, you did a fantastic job against them, you know, but, uh, I think if this happens this week, you know, the pies are going to end up preparing to play Brisbane rather than the cats going forward. If they have another week like this attacking the goal, if they can't put the goal the ball between the two center posts, and you know, I had an online discussion. This is kind of moving into a different direction. Had an online discussion with someone during the course of the game, and it was it was kind of bizarre. And uh, they were making the point that Gary Ablett Junior should not have been in the lineup due to his lack of speed and his lack of twitchiness. You know, he can still kick the ball well, he can still get the ball where it needs to be. He can make some smart plays, but he's not gonna make quick or fast plays. Just he doesn't have that speed anymore. And again, I I, I find it laughable almost that I'm sitting here old enough to be his father, talking about how he doesn't have any speed anymore and and I'm I'm slower than dirt, so but that's, that's kind of what we're here to talk about. And, you know, they argued that, that maybe he shouldn't have been in the lineup. And I, I get the sentiment, but come on, this is Gaz we're talking about. Arguably the greatest player of this generation. And he's gone through hell this season. Walking away from the club, heading home to to be with his, his ill son, And then he made the decision to come back to the club, to go back into the hub, to spend two weeks basically isolated away from the club in order to come back and hopefully play in what is likely to be the last handful of games that he's going to have in his stellar career. You know, I don't think he's likely going to be back after this year. I suppose he could be. I think he probably has the skill set to do it if he wanted to, but he's not going to get faster. Okay. And I think the cat's see the handwriting on the wall and realize that they're going to need to get younger and quicker if they're going to compete with some of these other clubs sure it's great to have some great veterans out there but there needs to be some speed also but this person I was and I'm not going to mention their name because quite frankly I don't remember their name as I was conversing so I was talking to a lot of different people but they argued that maybe Bradley Close should have been in the lineup instead and Bradley Close has maybe a dozen games under his belt in his career sure he is faster He's got a lot of speed. He tackles well. He's not afraid to get in there and mix it up. But, you know, this is a conundrum that Chris Scott was facing. I mean, you can't not play Gary Ablett Jr. in the finals in what is likely to be his last year. Can you? If he's healthy, doesn't he have to be in your 22? Don't you have the discussion after the season? You know what, Gary? Maybe... This is a time that we part ways that you go ahead and step away, go spend time with your family, become, you know, and go into the legendary status that you have achieved with this club and with this, this league and embrace that and enjoy that. And, you know, give back whatever you want to, to the club or nothing at all, you know, go enjoy your life. So, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. I guess, Like I said, arguments could be made that, that, Bradley Close could have played. But like I said, this is this was a conundrum. If he's healthy, I think he's earned the right to play in the finals. And, you know, I, I did want to make one observation, and I hope that uh, Xavier Dersma's uh, recovery from his concussion goes well. I mean, initially just seeing it during the course of the game, it looked like, you know, any other kind of a, a marking contest and somebody fell down and got landed on and, and it looked like, okay, he'll be okay. But then on replay, it was... It wasn't malicious. It wasn't intentional. It just happened when Mark Bliskov landed on him. It looked scary because derzma's head was, you know, he was on the ground, kind of laying on the ground already after having taken a hard shot. And then Bliskov comes down on him and lands, look, looking like his hip, landing on the back of his head and driving his, his face into the turf even further. And it was it was disturbing. If you haven't seen it, it was disturbing video. And, you know, and I have no idea about his prognosis. I haven't seen anything yet other than I I would bet my next paycheck he's not playing this. Well, of course, they're not playing this week. I would be shocked if he's playing next week. And I would be shocked if they win again that he plays finals. Xavier Dersma may not be getting a chance to, uh, to fire off another arrow until next March or whenever the uh, 2021 season begins. But, you know he's been a he's been a great find for the club a lot of energy along with Georgiades and and such it's going to be a fun club to watch going forward because of the youth that they happen to have but i hope he recovers well from this and uh hope he enjoys watching his teammates play because i i don't think he's going to get the opportunity to be back out there now i want to move on to the saints and bulldogs and this was another one of those contests that was for the ages you know, the Saints, they they blew out to a, you know, a four-goal lead in the third quarter. The kind of lead that you look at as being insurmountable. And I say that being a Cleveland Browns fan when uh, a couple of days ago they were leading the uh, Dallas Cowboys 41-14. to And ended up beating them 49-38 to because they decided to uh, not play very good defense in the fourth quarter. But like I said, the Saints got out to a a big lead in the third quarter, and ultimately they had to scramble to hold on after the Bulldogs' furious onslaught in the fourth quarter. Got them back within a goal. Got it back to within three points. And uh, they just ran out of time. Jaron Geary, Tim Membry, Patty Ryder, and Max King, they all had multiple goals during the course of the game. The Bulldogs seemingly let everybody score. They had nine different goal kickers during the course of the game, which allowed them to keep the Saints from being able to focus really on anyone because you didn't know where the next goal was going to be coming from for them because they were attacking from all sorts of different directions. So, I mean, that that is wonderful. If you can go ahead and get that kind of production from your whole lineup, of course, you don't want to get yourself in such a hole that you have to claw back the way that they did. And the Saints did what they had to do to hang on. So, yeah, you know, congratulations to St. Kilda and the fans because you're, you're playing this week. You know, I, I thought that the Bulldogs were going to be the uh, the biggest threat in the bottom four clubs to the top four clubs. I looked at them, even though they came in, I believe, in the uh, the seventh spot or the eighth spot. One of those two. I thought they were, they were playing well enough that they were going to be the team that was going to be a threat if they got an opportunity to play somebody in the top four. Well, it turns out I was not correct about that either. But congratulations to the Saints. You got a steep hill to climb this week when you're facing the uh, reigning premieres. And we're going to get to that here in a few minutes. And they've got a lot of issues they have to overcome this week. Now, the Lions, they showed everyone why their top two finish was not a fluke. They knocked off the reigning premieres, beat them by two and a half goals. Charlie Cameron, he led the way with three goals. And the, the Brisbane Rucks, Oscar McInerney and Stephen Martin, they had a fantastic, fantastic game. They doubled up the Tigers' rucks in in hitouts. Uh, I think it was 40 to 20, was the uh, the total number there. So 40 hitouts to 20, fantastic numbers there. Just being able to get the balls the ball out to your players, allowing your offense to get triggered and go where you want to go with it, and get the get the offensive attack moving. And you know the Tigers were without without uh, Tom Lynch this game. Daniel Rioli picked up the slack, scored a couple of the goals, but you know not having Lynch up forward. Allowed the Lions' defense to, to kind of limit some of the other Tigers' goal scores, to try to keep Dusty Martin off the board, to try to limit what Jack Rewalt could do. Rioli picked up the slack, and you know the Lions—they're going to wait on the uh, the winner of the Magpies and Cats contest, which is coming up on Saturday. So, and we're going to get to that game in in just a couple minutes, and that should be one heck of a contest as well. Now the Magpies—they did what I don't think many people thought was possible. Sure, Magpie supporters thought, you know what, we've got this, we're a great team, and they are. But I don't think that even the most honest Magpies fan thought that they were going to go in and win this game. They were going back to Perth. They had to go back into isolation. So again, you're back there, you're quarantined, you're in like double double quarantine because you're flying across the country and you're really having to stay in one place in order to limit your exposure to the rest of the uh, the area that you've been, you're you're going to be in. You just you're coming back to play a team that back in round eight beat you on those grounds by sixty six points by eleven goals. The Eagles are playing at home. They're flying high. Yeah, they had a couple of injuries. They've got one of the best midfields in competition. They've got a crowd of probably thirty thousand people that are going to be there, and and they hammered you just a couple of months ago. But Collingwood. They did what they had to do. They battled back in the fourth quarter. They they had the lead. They gave it up in the fourth. West Coast pushed out to a, a pretty good-sized lead, and Collingwood then had to turn around and be the, the group that came back and battled back to take the lead again, and they did. And in that game, you know, you know, they ended up winning it by, by a single point. And Bernie Mycheck had a fantastic monster fourth quarter. He had a couple of his, couple goals. He had three on the day. He scored two of them in the fourth quarter, and that kind of bookended what Mason Cox did in the first in the first quarter, where he kicked three goals in a very short period of time. And you know, it's uh, it's something that I think that the uh, the Pies are excited about seeing Mason Cox begin to reestablish himself as a as a prime marking candidate. In their forward 50, because this is a guy who you know, teams have a hard time figuring out how to defend, because of his height, and the pies keep getting healthy. They keep getting healthier, and uh, and I think that could pay off for them in the in the in the uh, in the long run as well. This here this year in the next couple of weeks, you know I I became a you know even though I'm a cat supporter I I love watching good footy and I love seeing players that I've learned a little bit about having great games okay and i became a big adam treloar fan after i listened to his really heartfelt interview that he did with uh Nerly meadows back on ordinarily speaking podcast that, that she does it was tricky if you've not heard it yet you owe it to yourself to take a listen to it and i, I i'm also a huge brody Mychek fan i don't think i've ever heard him speak before um he is a quiet leader on that club there are you know there are other players who are the faces of that club who are the ones that people tend to talk to. But he's like a Swiss Army knife. He's not a superstar. He doesn't excel at one thing. He does everything very well. And you know, he's somebody who can make contributions all over the grounds. And 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 quite frankly, he scares me more than in, in some cases than a Jordan Degoe. You know what is gonna do. My check is is just is a phenomenal player. And I was joking online the other day, and I guess it turns out that he has signed a new three year contract extension with, with the Magpies. I was joking online saying, Boy, I would love to see his stripes get turned ninety degrees. Of course, you know, love to see him in a in a cat's uniform or a cat's guernsey. It's not gonna be happening, but he's the kind of player I would love to see on on, on my club going forward. So you know, we've looked at the uh, at the four games from the last round, and I wanted to, uh, again, this is going to be a much shorter episode than I typically have here, uh, but before I get into my tips for this week, two games only, I wanted to give you a little update on something that I had been doing. I mentioned in the last episode that I had started to migrate podcast episodes over to my YouTube channel. I have all 51 of them moved over there now, uh, so they are all on the YouTube channel, so if you're wanting to listen to the podcast on a different format. Again, it's a static image. It's just the logo for the, uh, for the podcast there. There's you're not going to see me, which trust me, that's a good thing. Um, yeah, there's enough of me showing up on the little Instagram post that I have. You don't need to see anything more. Uh, but all 51 of them are there now and I'm going to keep adding on there. You can find that if you go on to, uh, YouTube under my name, Craig Wessels, W E S S E L S. And, uh, like I said, all 51 are there. I have the, the episodes broken down into episodes that are interviews and episodes that are not interviews. So there's basically two different playlists that are there. So you can go in and listen to whatever you want there if that's if that's an avenue that you would want to go. Okay, I'm just trying to reach more listeners that way. And like I said, I'll continue updating the uh, podcast on there as well. Now, I wanted to get into my tips for the two semifinal contests, Geelong and Hollywood. Collingwood, I've got the uh, the Cats winning this one by 7 points. The Cats let's be honest, they struggled mightily last week to kick goals in Adelaide. And I I think they're going to have to make a couple of adjustments this week to to face the Magpies formidable lineup, especially they you know, having Mason Cox in the uh, in the forward in the forward 50. Are they going to play an extra tall? Maybe. They might possibly have to bring in a Salvador Galea. Quentin Narkel may come in. Brad Close may come in. Now, this is not necessarily to replace Gary Ablett because it's sounding like there's a distinct possibility that Joel Selwood may not be able to play after having surgery on one of the knuckles, on one of the, f- the fingers on his, I believe, his left hand that he injured in the game against Port Adelaide. So he may or may not be playing. I'm sure if he has an opportunity to be able to get it all wrapped up and you know tape it off on another finger so it's not not in the way, but again, being able to handball with an injured hand like that has got to be difficult to do. Again, I've not, I've not broken a knuckle and then tried to handball the ball because I, quite frankly, I don't have anybody to handball a ball to around here. Um, he may not be playing. And I just had seen an article mentioning that as I was getting ready to sit down and, and record this episode. You know, I, I think that Mason Cox, you know, having had a dynamic game last week, and I'm going to be posting a link to an article here. First of all, um, The Eagles supporters were were rather creative, uh, not necessarily in a positive way from what it sounds like. Uh, Somebody in the cheer squad hoping that, you know, that we're wishing that that Mason Cox would get uh, COVID-19 like President Trump had acquired. Kind of classless, I guess. But is that par for the course for people in the cheer squad talking to players on the opposing squad and the opposing teams? I don't know. I've not been in a cheer squad. I've not sat near enough. Yeah, I've not been to a game before. But do those kinds of things get said? Yeah, I, I'm sure that there are probably things like that that get said because they get said here in sports in the United States as well. Um, but I think the Cats are going to have to figure out how to defend him. Okay, And they've got several days where they're going to hopefully come up with some sort of a, uh, a defensive strategy. Um, is Harry Taylor going to be on him during the whole game? I don't think Harry has a tight to do that. Mark Blitz have maybe he will, because I believe he's about six foot six or so. So granted he's still about a half a head shorter, but he's about the best opportunity that the cats have. He's a great defender. He's great at positioning, but again, Mason Cox has the ability to just go up and over someone with his long arms and take a mark. So the cats are gonna have to be really creative in order to keep the ball out of his hands. But I, I think they're going to be able to do that. And and I don't think Tom Hawkins is going to have a game like he did last week. I'm convinced that he's going to put his contact lenses in the correct eyes this week. I, that has to be what happened. I think he put the left contact in the right eye and the right contact in the left eye and didn't realize it until he got out there and started k- trying to kick goals. And, whoa, something must be going wrong here. That That has to be the explanation for that, doesn't it? Yeah, somebody who's been playing the game as long as he has, and his kick goals at the rate he has, it wasn't nerves, was it? Was he nervous? I hope not. Now I want to get into the last game or the second game of this uh, weekend, and that is St Kilda in Richmond, and I've got the Tigers beating the Saints by ten points. Now, this was going to be a very close game. I still think it's going to be close, and I changed my mind on that yesterday. Okay, I was tempted to pick the Saints to to, uh, beat the Tigers. Unfortunately, I can't do that because the Tigers are now going to have Tom Lynch back in the lineup, it sounds like. They've got a strong forward line, you know, being able to, you know, you've got Dustin Martin coming in and attacking from the midfield. You've got uh, Jack Rewalt. You've got uh, Tom Lynch there, you know, a couple of talls taking marks. So I I think that their forward line is formidable, okay? And you put this together with the fact that Ben Long is going to be missing a match because of his uh, late contact on Jack McRae. Patty Ryder has a hamstring tendon injury, and he's not going to be playing this game, possibly not even again this year. And then Jack Carlisle left the club and left the hub to go back home for the birth of his child. Now, I saw some things that I thought were rather disturbing, quite frankly. And I heard it discussed, and and I think it was maybe discussed in jest a little bit on AFL 360, but there were some comments that were being made about the fact that this is his third child being born that why doesn't he stay and play the games or play the game and not worry about, you know, not worry about the third child or realize that, you know what, you've been there for this happening a couple times previously. I I thought that was, you know, and if it was being, being asked as a question, I sure as hell hope it was a rhetorical question because that is just, you know, I think that's wrong quite frankly to even bring that up. I mean, doesn't family come before footy? I, I, I would have to think it does. I think family comes before anything. So I, 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 wish, uh, I wish Jack Carlisle the best. I wish his family the best, his wife, when she's giving birth. I, I hope everything goes smoothly. And it sounds like it's going to be a third son that's being born. So congratulations to the Carlisle family. You know, I, I think that with the loss of those players... From their list, this is going to be difficult for the t- the Saints to overcome the Tigers. So the Tigers are bringing Lynch back in. I think that this is going to be an opportunity for them to get themselves to a uh, a semifinal. I'm sorry, a quarterfinal game. So I think next week, you know, we're I'm basically predicting right now then that the Cats are going to be playing the Lions and the Tigers are going to be probably heading back to Adelaide to play the Power again. So there's my tips for the se- for the uh, semifinals. And we'll have to see how I do once Saturday evening is over. Because, uh, again, I hope I'm right. Because I, I tipped my club to win. So I hope I'm right. I hope I'm right at least once then, I guess, here. So, um, you know, we're heading into these rounds of finals. And, I again, I would love to hear what your thoughts are. You know, my hope is that you'll take a, a moment and consider creating a little audio file and sending it to me at a yank on the footy at gmail.com or sending it to me as a, as a direct message on... Twitter at Yank underscore on I'm hoping to hear from some of you about your Greatest finals memories Maybe it was you like I said, said earlier um, Sitting around the television With your family members talking about the game Or you know creating your own little Cheer squad at home with your Siblings or your cousins or something of that Nature we're starting to see that up on the, the Television screens during the contest Where you've got the people cheering at home Which by the way the NFL has stolen that idea And the NFL is doing that as well uh, maybe it was your, your first opportunity to see a finals game in person. Maybe it was your first time to go to the MCG for a grand final. Or maybe you're going to contact me here on October the 25th and you're going to tell me about your first time you went to the grand final at the GABA. Which I know that those of you in Victoria, that's making you cringe just hearing that. So I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to incorporate that clip into a future episode. You know, So make sure you tell me who you are. Okay? Um, you know, Give me your name in this so I can go ahead and include that so you know you could introduce yourself you know i'm bob stevens and i'm from melbourne and here's my great memory of of the finals okay so i would love to hear that all right um ladies and gents don't forget also that i've been working on creating a mailing list uh so that you get the uh, new episodes sent out to you before anybody else gets them not terribly long before because I will publish it and then I will send out that link immediately to you. Okay? If you'd like to sign up, there's a link for that in the show notes. I would love to be able to include you on that. There's also a spot there if you have a question or an idea for a future episode. Um I'd love to hear from you on that. Okay? Before I wrap up this little bit of a shorter episode, I wanted to thank uh a port supporter out there, Paul Hartshorn, uh for opening up a great line of communication uh he's been sending me all kinds of wonderful emails very detailed emails that I'm I'm just beginning to process everything that I'm seeing in there he's you know he's uh a huge port adelaide fan going back to the time that they were in the the sandville as well um and he has sent me links to youtube channels that I had not discovered yet that have all sorts of great footage um you know i I sat down and watched a uh, a six year old interview on open mic today and I uh I had on at lunchtime at school today the uh I watched just I only had it on for a few minutes, the the first few minutes of the twenty fourteen AFL draft. Um and I was trying to see who was getting picked at that point in time. I mean I can go look it up, but it's just kind of interesting it's interesting to see how it played out. And that was in twenty fourteen, so and it was being held if I'm not mistaken in Gold Coast. So even back that far, the league was really trying to help gain that foothold in, uh, in Queensland with the game up there. So again, you know, Paul, I appreciate you sending this uh, information to me and, and reaching out. It's great to interact with you on that. I I will tell you, Paul is going to be coming on as a guest uh, on an episode. It probably will end up being a couple of episodes before it's all said and done. Once the, uh, the finals wrap up, because I want to get the finals, out of the way, and then be able to devote much of the offseason talking about the uh, the draft, probably more the results than rather leading up to it. Because let's be honest, I am not an expert on the players that are coming into the draft by any stretch of the imagination. Okay, so if you've got an idea for a show topic or something that you think that I should address on the show, or maybe you think you should be a guest, or you'd like to be a guest on here, feel free me to drop me a, d- a DM on Twitter or shoot me an email at a yank on the footy at gmail.com i'd love to hear from you i've been compiling a list of uh guests that i would like to bring on during the what would be our fall and winter months here during the the time that the season is uh is over hoping that these these interviews that i'll be conducting will be things that you'll want to take with you when you go to the beach or you head out on your boat to go fishing and you You pop on your phone or you pop on whatever device you're listening to on and listen listen to one of the interviews on there but i'm hoping to do a lot of interviews over the coming months because i I have like i said i have a long list of people that i want to talk to and i'm excited to be able to reach out to these folks some of them i already have spoken to others i haven't made those connections yet but I'm, uh, I'm looking for inroads in order to do that sort of thing. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap up here. And don't forget, ladies and gents, that while you can find all of the episodes of this podcast on my website, yankonthefooty.podbean.com, you can also find it at your favorite podcast provider. You can also find all of them on YouTube as well, on my YouTube channel under the name Craig Wessels. And now that you've listened, I would love it if you'd consider giving me a review on Apple Prod- on Apple Podcasts. It lets me know what I need to work on what I'm doing well, and it lets the podcast host know what you think of it, which might get the podcast a little bit more exposure. Don't forget that you can reach me at a yank on the footy at gmail.com and on Twitter at Yank underscore on, as well as on Facebook and Instagram at a yank on the footy. Also, I'd like to thank Mr. Joseph McDade for the use of two of his great pieces of music. Mr. McDade has created some fantastic music and I'm using the piece's elevation and backplate. You can reach him at josephmcdade.com backslash music. Again, Mr. McDade, thanks for your hard work and and your wonderful music. You can also find him on Spotify as well. And if you haven't done so yet, the emailing list is out there if you'd like to sign up for it. One other thing I did want to mention, I have uh, one of my students who I had in class last year has been doing some work on some graphics for the podcast and there are a couple of little adjustments and tweaks that we we're making to them but i'm hoping that in the next 3 to 4 weeks to have opened up a storefront online selling and offering some uh some shirts and stickers and things of that nature with the logo that you normally see on the podcast as well as a couple of other ones that i've had created Uh, And I and I this young lady has done a fantastic job. Uh, She doesn't listen to the podcast, but she's going to be getting a really, really nice Starbucks gift card from me for for having done this. She's a great graphic designer. And uh, I I can't thank her enough for for doing this. And I have all sorts of other ideas for ones that uh, I'm going to hopefully go back to her or find someone else that uh, can help me out with those as well. Okay. So ladies and gents, I want to thank you for listening because while we're fans of our own teams, and I know some of us, our teams aren't playing right now, but we're getting into the you know getting close to the trade period anyway, so every team's going to be relevant again here very soon. Deep down, we're fans of a game that we all love, and that's the game of footy. And for those of you who are watching the games here in the U.S., only one of the two games will be on free TV. Both of these are early this week. On Friday morning it is the uh tigers and the saints and that's a 4 30 a.m start on friday morning that one's on fs2 okay 4 30 on saturday morning is the cats and the magpies and that's going to be on fox soccer plus so if you don't have fox soccer plus you're not going to be able to watch the, the cats game unless you get a uh uh, like a monthly pass for the rest of the, these last four or five games with the Watch AFL app. Or maybe you decide to become a member of of a club and get the app that way. Or you decide to go through the Afana website that Rob DeSantos runs and sign up for membership there because that helps to keep their website up and running, keep their platform up and running. Okay? So, ladies and gentlemen, I thank you for listening. I asked it you consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family tell them about the youtube channel if that's the way they they would prefer to listen to and ladies and gentlemen may your dribble kick never hit the post i'll catch you later This has been episode number 52 of a Yank on the footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or to yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at a Yank on the Footy. Again, thanks so very much for listening and please consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family and until next time, ladies and gentlemen, goodbye.